Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Episode 12 of the Cannabis and Ice Podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and presented by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, awesome sports betting app. Uh, sports betting is now legal in Tennessee as well as many other states around the country. And so we got to tell you about the big UFC fight co- UFC fight coming up this weekend with Conor McGregor returning to the Octagon. So now is the time to download the top-rated DraftKings Sports app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn a $1 bet into $257 if Conor McGregor wins by first-round knockout this weekend. So place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code THPN for new players to get $257 in winnings if McGregor wins by first-round knockout this weekend. For a limited time only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you do have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So that's the DraftKings uh, Sportsbook app. Uh, everyone loves to – everyone's really getting into the sports gambling and all that stuff. We're going to get into some DraftKings NHL odds later in Episode 12. But I'm your host, Chad Mitten. Joined by uh, co-host Rich Howe and Colin Bluen. Always nice to have the guys join me. Uh, we haven't had a Preds game since the last time we talked to you guys and gals. And so uh, we've got to kind of talk about what's up in the future. And that starts tomorrow with the Dallas Stars. The Preds go on the road for the first time. Uh, their last their last game got postponed against the Carolina Hurricanes. And so they had to move on and get ready for the Dallas Stars, who are coincidentally opening their own season. They haven't even played a game yet. So, um, uh, Rich and Colin, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. Pretty Just got good. through watching, uh, watching the hockey. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh, ready yeah. to get back on the ice. It's been a, it feels almost too long at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you just can't get enough of hockey. I mean, it's like you just want – like the Preds haven't played since uh, Monday, and I already feel like I'm having withdrawals. It's just like crazy. We get spoiled with these back-to-backs and only having one night in between. It's like, you know, you have a game almost every other night. It's it's sad when you you go almost four or five nights without hockey, so I'm excited for another one. Well, I'm sitting back and relaxing. Got a little hockey in the background right now as we're recording. Uh, We got Canucks and Canadians. They're already fighting. Uh, good old Canadian hockey, so you uh, always got to expect that, the good old Canadian division. Uh, it's already 2-2, two to two and it's not even barely halfway through the first period between Montreal and Vancouver. So and that's, we got a uh, fight breaking out, too. Exactly. Oh, wow. that's shaping. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little sophisticated tonight. I got me a little uh, glass of uh, Cabernet as we're Ooh. getting into our uh, Predators action here. And so, yeah, so we're going to talk about the Dallas Stars matchup. We're going to talk about Phil Tomasino, who is on the taxi squad for the Preds. We're going to get into that. We're going to wrap up the episode 12 with some talks about, you know, all this talk about the Seattle uh, Kraken uh, joining the league next season. So we're going to get into, well, who's who should be on deck? What's a good market out there that should get a team? So we'll wrap up episode 12 with that. But let's get right into it with our first segment, which is the Dallas Stars, a team that a lot of Preds fans have – Learn to despise after they knocked us out of the playoffs. And I can tell you firsthand how much I despise the Dallas Stars because my best <laughs> friend, my best friend who's like a brother to me, who rents a room out of my house, is one of the most diehard Dallas Stars fans you will ever meet. He actually wants to come on our show one day and talk about why he can't stay in the National Predators. I told him we'll work on that in the future. But uh mm, but uh that's some uh, yeah. material. <laughs> I don't yeah. know about that. I told him we'll put him on the waiting list. Uh, yeah. But anyway, but anyway, so we got the we got the Preds and Dallas Stars opening up a two game set in Dallas uh, starting tomorrow night, starting Friday night for all those listeners who might listen to us tomorrow, starting uh, Friday night. And so, 
Rich, give me kind of like how you uh, see this matchup going. What's your biggest standouts when you're looking at a team like the Dallas Stars? So I've been thinking about it all day. So you know those guys haven't played any games at all. They're they're undefeated with no wins. Um, I was just thinking about it. They're either two things could happen. They're either going to be really practiced up and and rested, and they're going to come out swinging, or they're going to be really rested and they're going to be rusty. We're hoping for the second. We know that they're going to have uh, – everybody knows that Ben Bishop's not playing. He's out for five months. I think he's got like two more months to go. Tyler Sagan's out. He's got two more months to go. And Tyler Sagan was like their biggest scorer last year. He had like 50 points. He was like their highest scorer on the team. So, you know, they're going to come out swinging. They're, they definitely probably – well, not probably. They do definitely remember – getting the back-to-back shutouts in March. Yeah. Get the UC Soros, shut them down. And then, you know, they're probably feeling uh, feeling a little hurt from losing Stanley Cup. So I expect they're, you know, it's always a good matchup with them, with the Predators and the Stars. So I just think that it's always going to be a good game, and this is probably not going to be any different. Absolutely. Yeah, I uh, I was looking at it. I mean, the, one of their biggest off-season, off-season signings was a team-friendly contract with uh, – Dobin, so keeping him in net, and obviously he had a good run for them uh, in, the, in the Stanley Cup final run. But um, you look at the conversations, especially just looking into kind of you know putting putting yourself behind enemy lines. You look at the uh, the Dallas media and how they talk about the Stars, very similar to how we talked about the Preds after the Stanley Cup run. Um, the difference is, I actually liked our free agent acquisitions that during that offseason more than I like Dallas's, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of keep on moving forward because. Outside the Yodobin signing, like there's you know a couple signings that are decent for them, but nothing really mm-hmm. too flashy. Um, they seem pretty content with what they have and with signing the coach to a long-term deal. But um, it, it's going to be interesting, tough sledding for them, I think, out of the gates, just because they kind of are behind everybody else. No matter how much practice they might have been able to get uh, during all this this time, you know they they haven't faced the NHL level and speed of competition. At least the NHL, the Preds have you know some some games under their belts. Can see what what they have in their system. Uh, we're still trying to, you know, kind of fill things out, but I think we have a better, more solid understanding uh, of who we are as a team than probably the Stars right now, especially missing some of their leaders. Yeah, uh, the Stars are one of those teams where they're just—they've got a nice blend of veteran talent and young talent. Like they just—they've done things the right way with the way they've built their lineup. And you know, all joking aside, I do respect what they've done and what they've built there. They're—they're they're a very blue-collar team, but missing uh, Tyler Sagan is is huge for them. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he, he is such a, he's an easy player to cheer for, even if you, you're not a fan of the Dallas stars. I really like the way Tyler Sagan plays the game. He's a very hardworking player. So him not being in the lineup changes them a lot. Uh, let's just get into the, so they haven't played a game in almost four months when they got, uh, when they lost in the Stanley cup uh, final to the Tampa Bay lightning. Uh, that was a really fun Stanley cup final, by the way, uh, the stars mm-hmm. were kind of like that Cinderella team that no, I mean, everyone knew they were good, but the way they ended the season before the pause, they were playing really bad. The Preds were starting to actually catch them in the standings before the pause happened in March. I mean, they were within six points of the stars. And so going into the Stanley cup qualifiers, you know, expectations weren't really that high on the stars and there they go. They make this really tough, grueling run. They didn't really dominate any of their series but they made it to the Stanley Cup, and then they played the Tampa Bay Lightning, which everyone expected a team like the Lightning to make it. And so kudos to them. And so now you're just, like, wondering, what are you going to get out of them? Because they haven't played yet, and they don't have Tyler Sagan. They don't have uh, Blake Como, who's another important piece of their lineup. They don't have Ben Bishop, like Rich said. They do have Kadobin, though, who mm-hmm. – <laughs> let me give you this uh, – let me give you this uh, career stats for Kadobin against the Preds, and it's not going to – be a nice thing for Preds fans to have to hear this stat. So uh, career versus, versus the Preds, Kadobin has a 93 save percentage and a 2.4 goals against 4-4-1 and one record. Uh, I don't really buy into records really so much when it comes to goaltenders, but he's 4-4-1. Last season, 9.57 save percentage, 1.54 goals against average against the Preds. So mm. – I don't know if it's actually a bonus that we're playing. We're probably that Bishop's out of the lineup and the Preds are going to be going up against Kadobin. I don't know if I really 
when I read those numbers for Kadobin, and Kadobin was so impressive last year for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like this uh, veteran that just won't go away in net. And so, uh, you know, he's going to be a he's going to be another tough nut to crack. You know, for the Preds as far as a limited offense for them. Now that doesn't factor in the, uh, the exhibitions before the uh, the bubble, does it? No, 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 yeah, no. That's just so, regular season games. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we we had his number a little bit. I mean, he's a big body, but you got to figure we've got we've got some some sharpshooters and some hard you know shooters. And the stars, yeah. the stars also block a lot of shots. They're one of those types of teams that makes it easier on their goaltender. Uh, as far as playing in front of them, so it's important to note that too as well. But yeah. I just I, I found those numbers pretty dominating though. So oh yeah, uh, but yeah. So you got I, I, this quote from uh, the Stars coach uh, Rick, Rick Bonus, uh, who took over in a really weird time. You know, you got to remember uh, the Stars coach and uh, his name's escaping me. Had that really bad uh, controversy where he had to step away from the team, and they brought in a uh, Bonus as a interim head coach. And then he's he, he's held on to the job since then. And uh, so he put out this quote just kind of regarding getting back into the season and starting so late. And it, this was from the uh, Associated Press where I pulled this quote. But uh, he basically just said, quote, right now, listen, we're all ready for a game, ready to plan, play an actual opponent against somebody, somebody other than our teammates. And mm. so when you when you hear that quote, that tells me that these players are – they're just they're they're tired of waiting. You know, a lot of them are just they're 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 sick of watching all these other teams play, and they're ready to get out there. So they're going to be focused. They're going to be ready to go. A lot of the players who did miss time due to the quarantining and stuff, they're back in practice now for a couple of days, reportedly. And so the Preds got to be ready because this, even though they haven't played a game yet, you might think they have some rustiness. I mean, Rich, how do you feel about it? Do you are you leaning more towards they're going to be rusty, or we're going to have ourselves a dogfight, and this game's going to be tough? I'm I'm going to go with dogfight. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys remember when when uh, Dallas lost in Stanley Cup, the uh, press conference with uh, Jamie Ben after they lost. Do you guys remember that? Oh yeah. So he was like sitting there. They were asking him a question, and he was just zoned out. He, he, he couldn't even answer. They asked him some big, long, drawn-out question, and he said, yeah. And then, like, that was the end. And then there was another video they showed of the Stars locker room, and he's just sitting there. He's the only one in the room. It was like a video footage or something. And I think he's going to come out. He's got something to prove, and it's always going to be a fight with those guys. And I think – Well, Jamie Ben, Jamie Ben is another player that you would love for him to play for your team. Mm-hmm. You, you don't like him because he's on the other side, but yep. he, he's another player that you you have to respect his game. He is a veteran. He plays the game the right way. He plays hard, but he, he can score goals, but he's not a flashy goal scorer. He's more of just a hard-nosed. He gets in the dirty areas, so he's going to cut. You know, you know, I don't know his exact numbers against the Preds, but I do know that I can remember numerous times where he has burned the Preds and scored some big goals. So he's going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's an old school player too, the old school yep. type, just a hard nosed, yep. physical kind of game. He doesn't need to be like you said. He doesn't need to be finesse, finesse to you know score a goal. He'll just put it right past you, just off strict you know you know strict rage and you know whatever else fuels that guy. But I will say the one good thing from this series I'm looking forward to is that I can hate Dallas a little less since they uh, didn't resign Corey Perry. So was, that's my, yeah. my silver lining. I was going to say we weren't doing our due diligence by mentioning that they didn't resign. <laughs> that's that's got to be addition to my subtraction, at least, you know, in some aspects. Well, there were, there were, there were stars fans. Uh, my roommate being one of them who felt so dirty to be cheering for him. They should. Oh, yeah. Like we I were could... watching, we were watching a game one night and Corey Perry scored this big goal and he, he got up out of his seat and started cheering. Then he goes, Oh, I feel dirty now. <laughs> yeah. I but, mean, yeah. I, I mean, you can't imagine a guy like that. It's good for a locker yeah. room. On the, on, the, make me nervous. <laughs> on the flip side, though, he did play really well in the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, he 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 got in there and dug in and played hard, but that's not enough to make me want to like him. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so, but here's some other big players on their team, though, for the Stars. I mean, they got Rupe Hint, who's their younger player, who's actually going to be on the top line. Rupe Hint is a player that uh, if you really follow. Uh, some of the other teams in the division, Rupe Hintz is a really talented young player, so you're going to have to watch out for him. Uh, and then, of course, you've got uh, 
Kaminsky, who is the uh, longtime veteran in the league. He used to play for the San Jose Sharks. Preds fans know all about uh, Joe Pavelski. So he is out there for him as well. And so, you know, this is just a this is a team that's got a nice blend of young talent and veteran talent. So, I mean, it's going to be a really – and, of course, we all know about Radulov, Alexander Radulov. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, all Preds, all Preds fans know about him. Uh, Radulov had Rob. kind of a down – Radulov had a down year last year, you know, maybe father times catching up to Radulov. You know, he had, uh, let's see his numbers there. Yeah, he had 34 points in 60 games. Nothing to scoff at. I'm not saying he's done or he's not a good player anymore. But uh, he's definitely seeing that uh, decline as he gets older. And he also had a career low since his rookie season in ice time last year, only 16 minutes and 45 seconds of ice time. So, um they're they're a team that's got all these veterans, but they're also, you know, got some young talent as well. So the Preds are in for I think it leans towards making the matchup even harder that they're playing a team that's going into their season opener. Because I think they're just gonna be that much more ready for it. Yeah. yeah. Was you uh know? when they when uh the Predators shut them out in March, was Bishop in goal for them both times? Or do you remember do you guys remember it's been so long? I can't it's I thought it was I, so I was I was in uh I was actually in Dallas for that for that one game because that was right before everything got shut down. Um and I'm pretty sure Bishop was in goal. And that hmm. was a ba- that was a back and forth game. Yeah. Uh neither team could uh and then Brian Ellis scored the uh scored the goal. Yeah. And it was a fluky goal. It was like a weird goal that got tipped in, like got went through some traffic. That was a you want to talk about a defensive slugfest, that game that I went to in Dallas. Uh, and the fans are really cool. I gotta say, like we, we in previous episodes, we talked about uh, we've talked about NHL venues we'd like to go to, and I got to give a little bit of credit to the Dallas uh, Stars fans. Uh, they have like this little plaza that's at the entrance of the arena, and we're, and they, there's like some bars and restaurants and patio seating. And I gotta say, like I didn't get any kind of flack from any fans. Maybe it was because I was with some Stars fans that I traveled with, hmm. but uh, they were really cool and accommodating, and it was a nice arena. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the I'm pretty sure it was Ben Bishop in goal that day. Yeah. Hmm. Now the exhibitions with the stars before the bubble got started, I think uh Kidovan was in goal for those, wasn't he? Uh you're asking I, me to go you're asking me to go way back. I'm not gonna I, I think he, yeah. he might have been because Bishop was still hurt, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But uh I mean there it's gonna be interesting to see just how it kind of carries over, like you were saying. I think with Radilov, you know. It's a father time or is it karma? Because we know how he did natural dirty, but um, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna be. There's gonna be no love lost if he has a down year from for them. I'm, I'm not mad about that, but um, we got to work it out for you. I think you're right, Chad, and and both of you guys are right. It's, it's gonna be a hungry team ready to hit someone, and we got to make sure that when we get hit, we hit back. Let's get into the so the Preds real quick. Uh, Mike uh, Macau Granlin is trying to get back in the lineup. It's been reported by multiple local Preds media that Grandland is hoping to maybe be in the lineup by Sunday. So that's certainly a very exciting and encouraging news for Preds fans, but it raises that question. Where do you put him in the lineup? We've already kind of touched on that in previous episodes, but I will say I found it very interesting. I saw a little bit of a change in the practice rushes uh, reported by uh, Brooks Bratton. And that was, I saw Holla and uh, Nick Cousins get switched from, Lines uh, two and three. I saw Hollow move down to the third line and Cousins move up to the second line. I know, uh, Colin, I know you're big on Nick Cousins. Yeah, I am. I mean, he and the thing is, he's been playing probably better than Hollow, honestly, in terms of, you know, being at the right place at the right time. And so I, I didn't hate that move because I saw that too. Um, my only fear is, like, I love that utility of that third line of having the combination of Cousins uh, and Sissons and Grimaldi. There's just so many different, you know, different guys that brought in different styles that seem to work well together. And so I just hope that that doesn't, you know, throw that off, that balance off and make third line kind of, you know, less, uh, more, I guess, less of a utility to us than what it was before. But um, I am high on Cousins. I mean, he's been playing better than Hall until Hall, you know, shows otherwise. Uh, I don't mind that, but I almost feel like it's kind of a placeholder for Gramlin because they had him in the morning rushes on that fourth line, but I feel like they're just mm-hmm. easing him into it. I think that once yeah. he's up to speed, he's going to be my, my, I would imagine second line. Um, and then uh, what we kind of discussed before about, you know, putting cousins back on the third line and then maybe haul a fourth line, you know, then what do we, who do we subtract? Yarncrook? I, I guess that's kind of where I'm at. It's, <laughs> it's that, and it's that depth we've been talking about. Like, it's a good problem to have. 
Oh. Like no one's mad about it, but at the same time, it does create a very uh, interesting challenge for John Hines to navigate around because he's got all these pieces. They're all very viable pieces. None of them are superstars, but they're all very good, viable players that can benefit you between lines two, three, and four. So it's like putting a puzzle, a really, it's like put, putting together a really complicated puzzle. It's yeah. how, how I feel about it. Yeah. And so, um, uh, yeah, go go ahead, Rich. I was just going to say, I was looking at Brooks Bratton's, the lines, and uh, Yarncrock wasn't even there today. He was absent. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if he's not feeling well or whatever. But another thing I watched, they did, uh, they interviewed Granlin after practice, and he seemed pretty confident in his ability to get back into the system. He said they're running the same system as when he was there, and he knows everybody, and he felt comfortable, and he said – um, they said that they sent him videos and like he was in on all the calls, like he was on like on a Zoom call when they were having meetings. And he seemed really like he's ready to go. And he, he even mentioned he's like, you know, I've, we've all been playing hockey since we were kids. So we kind of know what we need to do and where we need to be. So and I, think that's, uh, I think that's a good sign. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me one bit if he scores a goal in his first game back. I mean, that wouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Gonna... I mean, yeah, he has that. Well, especially the way Duchesne's playing. I mean, he could set him up yeah. and just be perfect. Granlin has that natural, smooth skating ability to mm-hmm. just – and I think he got robbed a lot. I, if there's one player that had some what we like to say puck luck, bad puck luck last season, it was definitely Granlin. We need a – I know there's a good analytical stats out there that kind of track that kind of stuff. And Granlin – a lot of people said that Granlin actually had a, a way better year than what his, you mm-hmm. know – simple stats that people go straight for, which is always going to be how many goals did you score? How many points did you have? It doesn't do him justice for actually, he had a much better season than what it, what the story actually tells, but it was frustrating because, you know, there's so, you know, you know what he did in Minnesota and everyone expects him to do something like that. And sometimes you just have to be realistic and say, Hey, he might not have a 70 point season again, a 70 point pace again but you want him to do much better than what he did you got to think his luck's going to turn around you know yeah playing on the opposite side of Cunning too i mean that's just that's an upgrade right there as far as yeah. how Cunning's been playing so far that's yeah. solid for him but you know kind of speaking of the depth that you're talking about and especially being having to be a good problem you look at like you know teams like the capitals that have four guys now they're going to be out you know if we were in that situation where you know some top talent had to go out would we feel great about it no but with the yeah. with the depth that we have I feel better about it than I would have last year. I will say that. Oh yeah, I think if they would have had, if they were to have something like that happen last year, it would have been, they would have been doomed, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But and yeah, like the Capitals, like they not only lost four guys, they lost four really good players. players. <laughs> yeah. Like like, like uh, Samsonov's like their starting goaltender, and then of course they lose Ovechkin or whatever. So yeah, tough stuff. Yeah, very tough. But um, yeah, I agree with what you said about. Um, about last year, about them being – they would have had trouble if something like this would have happened. And back to, like, Granlin starting last year, I think he had a – you know, he struggled like they all did. But I think, like, once he came in, I really feel that, like – I know I've said this before, but I just don't think he was coached well. <laughs> and then – because, you know, like, once Hines came back in, Granlin actually had a resurgence and he was playing really well. He had that um, – he had that last second goal to tie the game, and then he had the the, the game winner in OT, and you know it was just a good thing to see him, you know, finally getting his kudos because he sure didn't get any of it in the beginning of the season. Yeah, no, I think yeah, I agree with you, especially playing games as tight as we're probably going to end up playing them. I'm surprised mm-hmm. we haven't had any overtime games yet, but you you got to think like we're going to be close, where we're going to need someone to clutch up. And Gremlin's shown that he can do that. I mean, it, like you said, bad puck luck, bad coaching uh, that kind of affected him. But he definitely did respond in Hines' system. I think he's got an upgraded line mate uh, with uh, Cunning potentially. Uh, Duchesne's playing better. He's definitely shown some improvement. So there's a lot to love about it. There's a lot to be excited about. I think that, he, you know, worst case scenario, let's say Dallas comes out buzzing, uh, you know, against us and we, we, we lose one. Sunday, that could be a good revenge game with, with, with Granny being back. He could be hungry. The team could be hungry after you know taking on the chain, mm-hmm. and so we might we might lose one, but we can get one back pretty quick. And we don't have to worry about the Preds being hungry, as you know. I mean, every team's hungry right now, so yeah. yeah I, I I feel like we overuse that sometimes. It, it can get cliche. So, 
It's not about saying, oh, the Stars definitely have an advantage here because they're the more hungry team. That gets overused in all sports. It's one of the biggest cliches that we're all guilty of using. And so it's just a matter of are the, are the Predators focused as Hines have them focused? I think they're probably a little bit annoyed that they missed their revenge game against the Carolina Hurricanes. And so, if anything, they're just as hungry as the Stars are if we're really going to go that, down that road because they just missed their last game. And they didn't get a chance to get a little bit of revenge on the Hurricanes in a game that a lot of people felt like was their best overall mm-hmm. performance of the season. Like, ever, you're seeing the thing circulate where people are saying, quote-unquote, hockey is a weird sport. You mm-hmm. can play you, – you see coaches say it all the time, we played our best game of the season and we lost by three goals – we won the game before we played our worst game of the season. That's why we love hockey, but at the same time, it can also be a very, very frustrating sport. Yep. So, yeah. Actually, Philip Forsberg actually said that in his interview after the after they lost. He was like, you know, we played really well, and it just didn't it just didn't happen. And it's exactly like you said. It's it's very frustrating. Let's get a uh, let's get into the taxi squad, Colin. Yeah, yeah we so, got some, we got some big taxi squad news here. Yeah, the biggest news is uh, Thomasino's finally cleared protocols. He's joining the team. Uh, he was moved up to the uh, the taxi squad from AHL. So um, that's you know for from a fan perspective, we've been talking about it all summer. We know what kind of guy he looked like in the World Juniors. Uh, could look really awesome with the team. I know that in the uh, the uh, predlines group that we have as far, as far as being writers. Um, we've talked about what that's going to look like and where he could possibly be slotted. I think, you know, right now he's probably going to be on the taxi squad for a little bit, get up to speed, uh, you know, get the, let the coaches see what they have in him because they have yet to actually see him in person. Um, but I do like the prospect that we, we discussed a little bit uh, with uh, the Mr. T's of uh, we have Tolvi, we have Tomasino, and we have Trennan. I think that'd be pretty, pretty fun. The Mr. To see. T line, the Mr. Oh, T yeah. line. I mean, the, the memes write themselves at that point, right? With Mr. Oh, yeah. T. Oh yeah, and they're all in the same age range. Like it, that could be a, a line that flourishes for a long time. So uh, we know that we, natural. we we know the internet's undefeated when it comes to putting out these memes. And so you get a Mister T line uh, trending in Nashville when it comes to the Preds. Then uh, get ready to see all these Mister T uh, memes. And I'm uh, all for it. I I can't I can't get enough of those. Uh, here's a quote from John Hines talking about Thomasino. He basically just put it in perspective and said. Uh, this isn't from us, by the way. This is from uh, this is also from Brooks Bratton, which, which is the main guy you want to follow. Uh, there's a lot of great local Preds media. Uh, Adam Vinian, Justin Bradford at Penalty Box Radio. They're all there's so many good guys that guys yeah. and guys and gals to follow in the the local media market. We are so blessed to have so many so many awesome. Uh, reporters in the Nashville market. But this one, this quote I saw from Brooks Bratton on Twitter, and it was John Hines basically said, uh, we're going to take it slow with Tomasino. There is no set plan for him right now. And what he means by set plan, I'm assuming, is we're not saying, oh, he's definitely going to be in the – we plan for him to be in the lineup next week sometime. Like, they're taking this very slow. But, it, I mean, where else are you going to put Tomasino? I mean, I don't – he, his talent, you have to have him. We, we've already talked – we've all talked about how just being on that taxi squad is a huge bonus for him and, and so important for a player like him who is – it appears he's already ready to be on the NHL level. He's got that kind of talent. So it, it kind of seemed like a no-brainer to have him on this taxi squad. But Hines is kind of putting out – he's putting out coach speak. This is what coaches do. They're not mm-hmm. going to overplay their hand. He's keeping his hand close to his chest right now for all those poker players out there. He's basically not going to he's not going to put put it all out there at once and say, "Okay, this is exactly what we're doing with Tomasino," which is smart. But it's kind of going down the path that we all expected, which is I'll be more shocked if he doesn't get in in in, in a uh, NHL game this year than if he doesn't get in one. I'd be more shocked. So yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, how 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 David Poley of it of him would it be if uh, they were just to bring him up and then send him back to the AHL, like in you know by next week, and we never actually got to see him. But I mean, at the same time, it's kind of like I I think about it as like a uh, you know your mom takes you to the grocery store, she lets you pick out a candy bar, but you can't have that candy bar for your birthday, and your birthday's back <laughs> for another month. So yeah, no, you know, hopefully yeah. we'll see him soon, but you never know with uh, with D- David Poley. But you gotta think, like you're saying they brought him up for a reason. Like hopefully they're not just bringing him up to see and you know how he's doing with the practice, you know, the taxi squad in practice. He needs some time. And 
we need some center depth too. I mean, he's a true center. So, you know, he's got to get some experience there and we need to see how he looks. And his puck handling, his puck handling and his zone entries are just Ooh. so just so smooth. Like he makes it look so easy. And we yeah. can say that we can say that about a lot of players, but because you know, because we're just, you know, we're casual hockey fans, but um he just make like for his age and for his for where he's at in his uh, career. This ain't this isn't like basketball and football where you see rookies like that all the time. In hockey, it's very few and far between. Even your like top twenty draft picks, sometimes it can take some time for them to really make that next step. But Tomasino, I mean, he just seems ready. I mean, his numbers in the World Juniors, he was on a stacked team. He wasn't on the top line for Canada or anything like that. He didn't get as many opportunity opportunities as he's gotten it on all of his other teams he's been on before he was on that Canada team. But still, he put up six points in seven games, four goals, two assists. Uh, if, if everyone remembers that gold medal game, he nearly scored in that uh, gold medal game against USA. And I've been saying this for a while since that game. If he scores there, and it was a great save by Spencer Knight for Team USA, but if Tomasino scores there – no one knows how that momentum might have shifted. So he was a big part of that team. He just reconfirmed what we already know about him. Yeah. And so, you know, what so would, say, you guys, Rich? would you guys want to would you guys want to take a chance and put him in now at the beginning of the season to try him out, or would you want to wait a little bit? I th- no, I think they're taking the right path by by yeah. holding him on the taxi squad. Because I was looking at their schedule so that you know they've got the two games against Dallas, but then they've got two more games after that against the Blackhawks. And it's it's like a you know flip of the coin. You could either put him in against a team that they could should easily beat, but then again, you don't want them to take a chance. Those are teams; those are the wins that you need. So you don't want to take a chance and like. My thought process yeah. is if you know if you get the win, the, you know night one against the Blackhawks, then maybe that game two. Yeah, okay, that's good. Two. I like that because uh, you know then you do get some NHL speed. Sure, they may not be the top team in the division, but at least it's NHL speed and it's game experience. Yeah. Um, I just, but I mean, you look at the Canada line, like he was on a line with the guys that were on his left wing and right wing, they're still first round picks. So it's like, right. you know, our team was so stacked that you could have probably interchanged a lot of those guys. Yeah. And the Preds, watch, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead, Colin, finish your point. I was going to say, when I watch him play, like you talk about that smoothness and just the way he, the way he handles the puck, the way he can, you know, score almost at will and put himself in situations where he sets himself up. He reminds me of a uh, McKinnon from the Az, Nate McKinnon. Just the way the how smooth he skates and how and if that's what who he if that's his ceiling then we have a good we have a good problem. Uh, if that's his ceiling, then I'm about yeah. to start doing some uh, cartwheels right now. And let me just tell you all, you don't want me doing cartwheels right now because <laughs> I probably will injure myself. And, I will, <laughs> and it's going to be two out of three hosts for the rest of the episode if I try to do Ooh. a cartwheel. Well, watch his but, highlights uh, and watch Nate McKinnon's. You'll be you'll be impressed. You'll be yeah. excited. No, I, I I totally hear what you're saying. And for all those people who don't like this stat, just Real quick to wrap up Tomasino being on the taxi squad. For anyone who doesn't know this insane stat, he put up 100 points in 62 games in the OHL in his last season of work. And of course, the OHL, uh, you know, they're not, they're not, you know, he doesn't have that, that lead to go to right now with everything going on. But, uh, you know, and that's not like a, it's, it's not a top tier minor league by any sense. But 100 points in 62 games, I mean, those are video game like numbers. Those are numbers that are just hard to wrap your head around. And so the guy with, just the guy just keeps pressing forward, you know. Yeah, that's so. with that's with two different teams, too. You remember that he got traded in the middle of that season and carried on with those hundred points. So yeah. And so, boys. and so shocker, sh- shocker of the century, we said going into this episode that the Tomasino segment wasn't going to be that long. But don't get don't get this don't get this crew don't get the catfish on ice crew talking about Tomasino because we will always go over schedule if it's Tomasino if the segment's supposed to be ten minutes long it's probably going to go twenty so just exciting uh, it's exciting future reference on Tomasino talk we uh, get crazy when it comes to about talking about Tomasino very so, exciting uh, imagine how he feels exactly <laughs> exactly. So let's uh, let's move on to the next segment. We're going to get into some sports betting, and of course, uh, we're presented by DraftKings. Uh, very excited to be uh, having a partnership with them, and of course, we want you to go download the uh, DraftKings uh, app on your phone and use the promo code THPN. And you can uh, bet one dollar for two fifty seven to win two fifty seven this weekend if Conor McGregor wins in a first round knockout. But let's say you uh, really like to do the sports betting when it comes to NHL hockey. 
there's a lot of money you can make in NHL hockey. I mean, uh, right now, uh, a lot of the home favorites are doing well. There's a lot of good follows out there. Alan Bell of uh, Sportsline is a really good uh, follow on Twitter. Uh, but DraftKings is where you want to be as far as your uh, sports betting. Uh, dra- download their app and use that promo code THPN. We're about to go over some uh, some betting odds surrounding the Preds right now on DraftKings, some of the odds they have set uh, with the NHL and all that good stuff. Kind of tell you where everything's at. If you maybe want to dip your toe into that, and and uh, throw some money out there. We're gonna we're gonna give you some odds here going into. We're gonna start as soon as tomorrow. We got we just got done talking about previewing the Dallas Stars matchup for tomorrow. And so right now the Preds uh, are actually a. Uh, if you look at the spread, they're a they're a goal and a half favorite. So you Ooh. could uh, you could put a hundred dollars down on the Preds to win by more than a goal and a half. So win by two goals and you bring back two hundred forty dollars. So they are a slight favorite, but. DraftKings sees it just like a lot of us see it. It's going to be a dogfight. Uh, pretty much the money line bet right now is a toss-up. Take your pick. If you feel really convicted about one team or the other, you can throw your money down, but the payout's not really that big because each team is considered pretty much a toss-up. The over-under on tomorrow – I found this kind of interesting. The over-under on tomorrow's uh, goal total is five and a half goals. That's a pretty low line. Hmm. they're predicting like a pretty low scoring game, which again, in our preview, uh, we, we kind of said it was going to be a dogfight. fight. Uh, Dallas stars are a really good defensive team. So a uh, five and a half goal over under spread right there. So uh, if it was me personally, I would say stay away from the money line because it could go either way. And the payoff's not really that great. If you feel really, really confident in the Preds, I think that's a good value. You know, you could throw down $10 and bring back $24. If you, if you wanted to bet a little bit of a smaller total than a hundred dollars, because not everyone's about to throw a hundred dollars down on a hockey game. I get that totally. But uh, yeah, so it's, it, it, you know, the Preds are slight favorites if you really want to like get into it deep, but it's a pretty much like a toss up there. Uh, futures. I always love looking at, at, at future bet odds, betting odds, kind of what they're saying is going to happen as far as who they think is going to win the Stanley cup and all that stuff. And so the Preds, I thought they'd be a bigger favorite than this. They are. There are some teams ahead of them. When I give you these teams, guys, I want uh, want you guys to give me your opinion uh, on just some of these teams being better favorites than they are to win the Stan- to win the Stanley Cup. The Preds are plus three thousand, which basically means if you wanted to throw a hundred dollar hundred dollar bill right now on the Preds, you'd win three thousand dollars if they win the Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, but they, let me give you these other teams that are ahead of them. That's really surprising to me. Uh, the Canadians mm. are are ahead of them as as better odds to win the Stanley Cup. The Penguins are better odds. Mm. The Fl- the Calgary Flames have better mm. odds. Than the Preds, the Flames, nope. the Flames surprise me the most. They have better yeah. odds. The New York Islanders doesn't surprise me as much, but they're also ahead of the. Any of you guys want to take a guess real quick? Uh, Colin, take a guess on who has the best odds right now to win the Stanley Cup. Philadelphia Flyers. No, not the best. No, they're up there. Oh, um, I want to say best odds. Abs. You 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 hit it right on the head. Yeah. It's the Colorado Avalanche have plus six fifty odds. So you got to throw a hundred dollars down just to win six fifty. So a much lower payout if you want to bet on them. Just because they're such heavy favorites, uh, the Lightning are right behind them as far as the second best odds. But I mean, like Rich, I mean the Flames, like really? Yeah, I don't. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. In Pittsburgh, yeah, I don't. I mean, Pittsburgh. Not, Pittsburgh's always going to get a lot of money thrown their way just because yeah. they're, they're Pittsburgh and they yeah. got Sidney Crosby. But uh, the flame, the Flames, and the Canadians surprised me the most, being ahead of the Preds when I looked at that list of teams that have better odds than them. Yeah. So I mean, so the Flames are. I was just looking at the standings. They're they're fourth in their in the Scotia North Division. Yeah. Uh, Canadians are first though. So I mean, that I might mean, be. if you're if you're a big believer. I guess kind of wrap up this particular bet. If you're a big believer in what the Preds are doing, I mean, and and you've got some money laying around and you want to throw it out there. I mean, that's a really, I think that's a really good value. Yeah, that you that you that you can get the Preds on right now to win the Stanley Cup plus three thousand. I mean, why not? I mean, if if you've got the money laying around and you like to get into that stuff and you like to be kind of like strategic and meticulous about how you bet things and you want good value, 
I think I think that's a good value for the Preds right now to win the cup. It doesn't mean they're going to win the cup, obviously, but that's why they're such they're basically in the middle of the pack in the NHL right now when it comes to betting odds, according to DraftKings, when it comes to winning the Stanley Cup. So I found that interesting. Let's get a smaller prize to win the division. The Preds have the fourth best odds in the Central Division right now to win the uh, to win the division. They're at plus six hundred. The teams ahead of them to win the division. Uh, Dallas is plus 550, so not much better odds than the Preds. Uh, Tampa Bay is plus 105. So Tampa Bay is clear heavy favorites, according to DraftKings, to win the division. And Carolina's is pretty Carolina's pretty far back in terms of odds. Uh, as far as, So uh, according to DraftKings, Tampa Bay is a clear favorite to win the Central Division. So I uh, found that kind of interesting that Carolina didn't have a little bit better odds. This is a fun one. This one is so far-fetched to wrap up these uh, some of these betting odds that I pulled out regarding the Preds. If you want to throw $100 down tonight on Victor Arvidsson or Philip Forsberg leading the NHL in points at the end of the season, <laughs> you will win $15,000. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, they are the two, only two Predators players on the entire list. And there are some big names on there. I mean, there's some... You know, all the names you would expect are on there. But uh, those are the only two Predators players on their list, and they are at plus 15,000. Who was around them? Did it say who was around them? those two? Uh, I mean, I don't have the exact list in front of me, but it was a lot of uh, blue-collar players like themselves. Uh, And there were a lot of players at plus 15,000. That's one of those where, I mean, go go buy yourself a nice little uh, second car or something like that. If you want to throw, throw a hundred dollars on fours. I mean, honestly for, I mean, in a shortened season, a player gets hot at the right time. He's he's started hot too. What the beak for Stashburg, you know? (laughs) So, I mean, I found, so those odds were pretty, pretty interesting to me. It's always fun to look at that stuff. Even if you don't bet, just looking at it's kind of fun and interesting. Uh, So again, draftkings.com awesome partnership with them. We really appreciate them and everything they do. So we encourage all of our listeners to go use the promo code THPN and uh, go win yourself some money this weekend on the fight if you want to get into that. So we're going to wrap up episode 12 of the Catfish on Ice podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network talking about uh, new NHL markets that might be out there, you know, because we got the Seattle Kraken that are about to storm the league. And there's already a lot of people out there who have already claimed the Seattle Kraken as their second team. I mean, do you guys know anybody who's like that? That's like, you know what? The Kraken's my second team. I do actually. I know a guy that lives in uh, he lives in Idaho, and so he's like right on that border with Washington State, and he's very much a, a Washington State sport fan because Absolutely. Idaho doesn't really have anything outside of Boise State for you know college teams. So, uh, very he's he's already adopted the, the Kraken. He's already bought the merch. He's ready to get a jersey, but. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for him. I mean, we have no beef with them yet. So yet, yeah. Wait till they wait till they steal somebody from us. We will. Exactly. Uh, let's put Young Crook out there and let him have him. <laughs> we, yeah. do, we, do we still have Austin Watson on the roster? Can we go ahead and just unprotect him? <laughs> I <Yeah>. wish. <laughs> who but, scored a goal the other night? I mean, he did. Who, yeah. Right. You know, he's the uh, Benino and him are the only two that have scored a goal out of all the people the, well, uh, a, that they that they got rid of. The worst so far, performance wise. Kyle Turris. He uh, has no goals, no assists. Poor, He's poor Kyle Turris. Yeah. I'm sorry I had to throw in my Austin Watson shade there. Uh, <laughs> he, did, he did some good things. He blocked some shots, but other than yep. that, um, yep. lost some teeth. Take him or leave him. Take him or leave him. Yep. But all right. So, uh, uh, Colin, you want to get it started? Uh, give yeah. me like, give me like maybe on the top of your list, your NHL market that deserves a team next. Yeah, so actually, I, I went pretty in depth with this. I actually have a list of seven, but I'll, I'll, I'll narrow it down to three for us real quick. All so, right, right. one that stood out to me in the replies, I'm not going to count this one because someone already said in the replies, and we can get into that. But it's Salt Lake City, and it's just because they're, they they hosted the Olympics, the Winter Olympics, so they've got that kind of town, you know, that kind of uh, fan base around it already with the, the Utah Jazz doing well. Um, it's the kind of town that it could do well. Um, Another one for me, I've, I tried to think of teams that could put us back in the Eastern Conference. So mm-hmm. I kind of focus on the West. I want another Western Conference team because I want to get back into a division where you know, we can play the Red Wings again. And, and I, I just I want to see some Eastern Conference opponents. But uh, one of them was uh, New Orleans. Ooh, uh, looking okay. at the Pelicans, looking at the Saints, and looking at you know, it, it's, it's a fun city. And so it's, it kind of reminds me of Vegas, but with the Southern, southern flair to it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you you go there, you you can gamble too. So it's like there, there's that fun aspect of it as well. But 
Yeah, I got New Orleans. I got Houston, which was another one of our replies. I've actually had that on my list before. Uh, Houston's got a great sports market in terms of like Astros, the Texans, even uh, even though they're terrible, <laughs> but they're going through some stuff right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the Rockets do fantastic, so I think mm-hmm. uh, having a Houston team could do really well. well. You, would have, you would have a natural rivalry with the Dallas Stars because exactly, you know, I can tell you, Houston and Dallas they are they do not like each other. Yeah. No. Houston don't like people from Dallas. People from Dallas don't like Houston. It's a natural rivalry. So Houston would definitely generate plenty of ratings, a natural rivalry. So that's a good, that's a good one. Houston's a that good, is good. one. Yeah. I was at the my my third one was gonna be at first I had San Francisco because I was like Northern California is not really represented. They've got uh, you know, San Jose, they got LA uh, um, and they've got Anaheim, but that's not really Northern California. So I thought that, but then I thought, okay, what else is out there west that has some, you know. A really great fan experience. So I thought, you know, it's a small market, but the Trailblazers and then uh, the uh, MLS team in Portland. So Portland kind of makes sense to me because it just seems like a very niche fan base, but they're passionate. You look at how they turn out for the Timbers and for the Trailblazers, and you think, you know, you got to think that a hockey team could do pretty well there. Absolutely. So uh, my- we're going to go to Rich here in a second, and then I'll give you guys uh, my first my uh, short list. But let's go. Let's get to our poll because we did put our poll out on the uh, Twitter. <laughs> Uh, follow us on Twitter at Catfish Eyes. Follow the podcast. We put out put out a poll, and you know on these Twitter polls you can only pick four uh, options, and then you know it kind of like keeps you from naming. It. And this is one of those loaded questions where I mean you can come up with 10, 12, 13 really good places. So four really wasn't enough to really capture it. But I, I tried to come up with like a wide variety of uh, kind of what they like. I read some. Uh, Art, recent articles written about uh, who, who they think might be the next market. And that's kind of how I came up with the four. And so in our four choices, we had Atlanta, Cleveland, Hamilton, Canada, which Hamilton's always been one of those cities that a lot of people have talked about to get us uh, get a team in Canada. And then I brought up Indianapolis. I put them in the poll as well, just because mm-hmm. Indianapolis is one of those teams. It's right there in the center of the Midwest. It's maybe an untapped market. Where you could, because if you're trying to grow the sport of hockey, I feel like you've got to get a team in a certain geographically speaking in a part of the country that might can draw like a regional fan base. And Pacers and Colts do well, so I could say they do. That's kind of why I threw Indianapolis in part of the polling. But we also invited all of our followers to comment, and they gave us a lot of comments. We got some good answers. But on the polling, in terms of the polling, Hamilton, Canada actually won the poll. They got 44% of the vote. Cleveland got 24%. Atlanta, hey, we got to throw some love to the Thrashers, right? Yep. Long long live the Atlanta Thrashers. Yeah. They got they got 28%. I don't think that the NHL would ever go back to Atlanta because that was a pretty much kind of a failed experiment. Yeah. But I wanted to throw them in as one of the options just because I wanted to gauge if anyone – because there are I, – I, I know a lot of people from Atlanta and the Georgia area, the greater Atlanta area. And they miss the Thrashers. It's so, kind of like it's kind of oh, like it's kind of like breaking up with a girlfriend or boyfriend. Boyfriend, and you're like, I really wish I had them back. Like yep. I, I, I don't know what was wrong with me back then. I should have, I should have never broke up with you. My, my family, then, I mean, my my wife's side, the in laws, they're all Georgia. They're from Georgia, and they they live yeah. there. And my cousin in law, he, uh, you, you know, you figure if you're a Thrashers fan, you're gonna be a Jets fan, right? He actually adopted the Golden Knights. So. Oh, nice. Wow. Well, they're, they're just looking for something right there, right now at this point. <laughs> and then Indian, of course, Indianapolis is just getting four percent of the vote. So that is kind of that kind of surprised me that they're that they're that low. I thought we'd get a, a few more votes for them. Just a few of our uh, podcasts that we uh, share uh, with the network, with the Hockey Podcast Network, chimed in. Uh, we got Kansas uh, State State of Hoppy, which is part of the uh, Soda Pod, which covers the Minnesota oh, yeah. Wild. They uh, they put Kansas City, Quebec, and Houston. As their answers, uh, Kansas City is another interesting one where you could tap an untapped market. Uh, let's see, uh, Quebec City. We're seeing Quebec again. Um, Mark G. G. If I pr- mispronounce your name, all right. It's, I'm not going to try to pronounce your last name, but it's Mark. Uh, he brought up Bangor, Maine. That's cool. That hmm. is cool. Like that would. Yeah. I mean, that would probably never happen. But I, I, yeah. I, I, re- I respect that answer, though. I do. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, there's a lot of hockey fans up in Maine. They're 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 probably playing on the ponds right now. So oh, yeah. that, I thought that was a cool answer. You see Houston again in the responses. Uh, Paul on Twitter, who has a uh, Minnesota Wild uh, avatar, so I'm assuming he is a Minnesota Wild fan, uh, brought up Green Bay. I actually thought Wisconsin because it's like you think about Madison, Milwaukee. 
you know, those being some major markets, and there's oh. no hockey team in Wisconsin. So I, I, I don't like it. I mean, I don't. I don't he, he got it. it. Okay, I didn't read the rest of the comment. He said, "Green Bay." I just want to hate another hockey team like I hate the Packers. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that he's a Minnesota Vikings fan and he can't stand the Packers. I'm connecting dots now. Sorry, guys. I'm a little slow sometimes. That's great. Minnesota Wild Avatar. He's a Minnesota Vikings fan. He probably doesn't like Green Bay. So, sorry it took me so long to connect those dots. And then we got got one more comment uh, bringing up Hamilton uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, This is from House of Hines, and he came out and said – Cleveland and Atlanta already had their chances before, but he did bring up Salt Lake City. So a lot of response, a lot of responses out there. We really appreciate all of our followers for getting in on the conversation. I think it's a really fun topic. Yep. Rich, uh, Rich, give me some of yours uh, that, are right, on your, that are on your list. So I was going to make a joke and say that Anaheim would be a good place to have a hockey team. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then I was going to say. Um, I think they should have another hockey team in Florida besides Tampa Bay, so that would be a good one. That's that's that, you're throwing shade right yeah, now, no, right? but it's totally a joke. totally a joke, totally a joke. So then I started thinking about. So I live in around Louisville, Kentucky, and I was like, it would be so awesome to have a hockey team in my hometown or whatever. And then I realized, you know, if you're from Kentucky, you either bleed U uh, of L red or Kentucky blue, and like they would never support. Well, I was going to ask you. Team. Yeah, I was going to. I was. I was going to ask you, like living living out there in Kentucky, do you uh, and being in Louisville area and and basketball, college basketball is such a big deal. It is. I mean, do, do you really think that a hockey team would would? Yep. There, that's the reason why, right there, what Collins. <laughs> No, yeah. So it would not do well, and that's what I was. That's what I was getting at. So like. We have this nice arena, the the Yum Center down there. It's it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It would be a perfect place to have a hockey arena. But when when Rick Pitino was coaching U of L, he didn't even want an NBA team coming in. Like he was like, "We don't have a need for an NBA team. We've got the Cardinals. That's all you need." So that wouldn't work. But although we did used to have an ECH ECHL team, it was the River Frogs. Oh wow! What a name. Yeah, the River Frogs. What a name! Yeah, so they played at the fairgrounds, uh, the Kentucky State Fairgrounds in Broadbent Arena. It held like sixty six hundred people. But we also used to have an AHL team, and it was the the Kentucky Thoroughblades. And I was looking up; they were AHL team in nineteen. They were like from nineteen ninety six to like two thousand was when they were in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, is where they were in ninety seven and ninety eight. They were an affiliate of the Islanders. And you might remember who used to play for the Islanders, Zidane Ochara. He played for the, the Thoroughblades in Lexington, Kentucky for one year in 1997-98 season, man, which was man. just insane. I, I had no clue. had no clue. So anyway, so I, I figured that wouldn't work. Having one in Louisville, we wouldn't support it or whatever. So I went with um, Hartford, Connecticut. I think they need to bring the Whalers back. Um yeah. I know I know they moved Carolina, you know, to Carolina and Carolina sure does like cashing in on those Whalers jerseys. I oh, just yeah. I just think they need just need to to bring it back. Have it have one in Hartford again. Yeah, bring it bring it back bring it back a team that was around before is yep. uh Yep. That's a great idea. Yep. Uh so real quick, I'm going to get into my list real quick. Am I echoing? No. It sounds. I, I'm hearing an echo in my ear. Okay, maybe I'm going crazy, which is probably more likely. <laughs> um, so going last in this topic is kind of not fun because <laughs> everything's already been listed. Uh, but I'm gonna make sure I don't make myself go last next time. Uh, <laughs> I Colin brought up a good one about Portland. I really like that that idea. That's one I didn't originally have going into this segment. Uh, Portland would be a really good rivalry to automatically set up on the West Coast with Seattle. Yeah, and they already have a like you're all. It's all about to grow the sport. You want to set up natural geographic rivalries. Well, and if, and you it, get, if you get away from the Canada division, you also got Vancouver right there too. So and it's and it's yeah. and it's all it's all about you know us as being pure hockey fans and we love the NHL so much and 
there's still so many people out there that look at the NHL as a niche sport. Not, you know, you hear the four major sports all the time, but really it's the, the three major sports. NHL doesn't get nearly the national coverage that the other three sports get when they're in, when they're in session. So I always laugh when they say the four major sports because and a lot of times NHL does it to themselves. So, mm-hmm. uh, so you know, sometimes you just got to look yourself in the mirror. But I think uh, t- regarding this topic, it's all about going to these markets that, you know, they don't have interest in the NHL because they don't have a team anywhere close to them. It's not that they don't like hockey. It's It's hard to get some segments of the population interested in a sport if they don't have any rooting interest or any reason to be passionate about that team. I didn't get in, start getting into hockey. I knew about it. I was kind of a Red Wings fan when I was a kid just because they were the good team. And I liked Steve Eiserman and I liked some of those teams. But I didn't really start caring about hockey until the Preds came here. And, that's and, I know a- there, and there's you got to grow the sport somehow. If the Preds would have never came here, you know, I've always asked myself this. If the Preds never came here, I don't know – if I would be a hockey fan, I would still be a fan. Probably. I think eventually I would have maybe adopted the sport, started watching it, but I don't think I would have a passion for it that I do now. And that's just because I care so much about the predators. And then I started to learn to love the sport and I, I figured out how beautiful the sport is. And there's so many people out there that would be go down that same road and they would learn how beautiful the sport is if they had their own rooting interest team. So Portland's a great idea because you would just create a natural rivalry really quick between Portland and Seattle and Vancouver and all of your California teams on the West coast as well. So I think Portland's a really good one. That's why I think Indianapolis would be a good one because they're kind of in the center of a lot of um, you're close to Chicago, you're close to Detroit, you're close to Columbus. Uh, So I think that would be a really good one. And then I'm all about getting a team back in Canada, adding another team in Canada. Because that is the that that is where hockey is is born. That you know they they treat hockey so much differently, and it's such a big deal up there. And so, I think putting a team in Canada would be cool as well. Uh, Quebec or Hamilton or um, you know, there's a lot of different places up there. But uh, Quebec is the one I've seen the most uh, through the through the Twitter responses. And so. So there, it'll be interesting to see uh, down the road if a team relocates or – because I don't think an expansion team's anywhere close to coming back because mm-hmm. we've already had Vegas and we've already had Seattle. But a team relocating could definitely happen. Yeah, plus the plus it's even now. they got a nice even number of teams. So. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I like the New Orleans pick, though. That was a, That's a good one. That was a – I didn't yeah. see that one coming. I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't see I New Orleans coming. That, was, good one. that yeah. was a good one to throw in there. So yeah. that's a that's a good great way to wrap up episode twelve of the Catfish and Ice podcast. Uh, when we're having time on the show, we're getting to talk about the sport we love. These episodes really do fly by, and so we really do appreciate all of our followers, all of our listeners, all of our subscribers. Uh, please go uh, rate and comment and review on our podcast. Uh, we will take all the constructive criticism got for us. Uh, again, this is a new podcast. We love bringing it to you. We're learning every episode, but we the thing we do know is uh, we love Predators hockey. We love talking about it. And so uh, that's for episode 12, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code THPN to bet $1 on Connor McGregor getting a first-round knockout this weekend, and you will win $257 on just a $1 bet. Use that promo code THPN. So until next time, the next time we get to talk to you all will be in episode 13, and we will actually get to dissect another Preds hockey game. Hopefully we will be dissecting two Preds against the Dallas. That, uh, that, that's going to be when our next episode is because the next two games are uh, Friday and Sunday. And so uh, the last time we played the Stars, we got a quick little back-to-back sweep right before the pause happened. So let's go ahead and repeat that performance. But we all agreed in the first segment that it's going to be a dogfight, and we got our work cut out for us in this game. It's going to be tough. But we will be sure to bring you all of our analysis and reaction in episode 13. So until next time, this is Chad Benton with Rich Howe and Colin Bluen. Please follow us on Twitter at Catfish Ice. And until next time, take care and stay safe, everybody.